Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cinematic Schematic, the official podcast of thecinematropolis.com, your home to thoughtful conversations on film, and this year's official podcast media partner for the Dead Center 2021 Film Festival. Today, we are going to be taking a look at one of the, the wonderful short films that is playing as part of the festival, A Long Road to Liberty. Uh, and this is a short that is playing as part of the Dead Center 2021 Virtual Film Festival for Oklahoma Pass holders starting at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time on Monday, June 14th. I want to provide a quick synopsis. A Long Road to Liberty is a retrospective history of the African-American experience in the state of Oklahoma. Referencing such touchstones as the first Kansas at the Civil War Battle of Honey Springs, Black Wall Street, Claire Looper's sit-in at Cat's Deli, and Ralph Ellison's novel Invisible Man. While Oklahoma still finds itself on that long road, the state has made strides through the African-American mavericks of today. So, of course, to learn more about why this story is more essential today than in previous years, I'd like to welcome two of the men behind this very important project. So I'll start by introducing the short film's writer-director, Brian Beasley. Brian, welcome to the Cinematic Schematic. Hey, Caleb. Thanks for having us. Really excited to be here. Wonderful. And we're also super excited to be joined by the film's producer, Bob Ross. Bob, welcome to the Cinematic Schematic. Hi, Caleb. Great to be here. Awesome. Well, Brian and Bob, it's great to be speaking with you about this film. And I actually just want to to kick things off here. I mean, 2020, of course, I think saw the resurgence of many conversations related to civil rights and racism in America. And with the Tulsa Race Massacre also being commemorated for its 100th anniversary this past Memorial Day weekend, why do you think right now is the right time to spotlight Oklahoma's African-American history? And uh, Brian, I can kick it to you first and then we'll pass to Bob. Yeah, you know, I think, you know, I, I really want, uh, we can definitely pass it to Bob because I feel he was the driving force behind this film. Um, and he can give a little uh, kind of uh, history behind why why it got made. But it it was, it's part of our lexicon. It's part of what's happening in, in the entire country. And some of these massive events that uh, have happened in the history of Oklahoma really haven't been discussed. And it was kind of, uh, I, I felt as a filmmaker, it was very important for us to be proactive and to talk about a few of these events. Um, and, you know, it's all about education. Like the whole film is a little bite-sized piece of, of education for us all to make sure that we know that these events happened and that we make sure they don't happen in the future. Wouldn't you agree, Bob? I would. And uh, Caleb, just to kind of back up, first of all, Brian Beasley is my best friend. Um, and so that's, I think it's important to note. Since since first, grade. first grade. First grade. All right. First grade. I like to say kindergarten because I think we met the summer before, but anyway, and we've worked with Brian on a lot of different uh, films. He is a fabulous uh, documentary and um, film producer and we've he's helped us with all sorts of wonderful Oklahoma history projects, including uh, Quiet Philanthropist, which is uh, a story about the founder of Inasmuch Foundation, Edith Kenny Gaylord, um, and Alan Hauser. Uh, he's helped us with with several, and so it was so great once again to work with Brian Beasley on this project. About a year ago, um, and and to back up a little bit, um, I'm in YPO Young Presidents Organization here in Oklahoma City. And because of COVID, we were not able to have in-person uh, meetings and events. And so we were doing Zoom events. Well, um, if you remember last spring, as we ran into the summer, we had 
um, all of the protests and the social unrest due to George Floyd and everything that had happened along those lines. And our chapter, our YPO chapter, is really trying to come together to talk about uh, race relations in Oklahoma City and Oklahoma and really the nation. And so we were uh, putting on this, um, you know, two or three hour Zoom call to discuss this. And we have, you know, we've got some pioneers in our uh, chapter. I mean, Russell Perry's son, Kevin, uh, is a member and uh, they've been the owners of the Black Chronicle um, and, and, and real leaders in the community. But we really wanted to get a different perspective from a lot of different voices in our community. But before we did that on the Zoom call, I felt like it was really important to set the stage, the history uh, of where we've come as Oklahomans. And so that's where we pulled Brian Beasley in uh, to, to reflect back on where we've come as a state um, and where we want as leaders, our YPO leaders, where we want to be 10 years from now and 20 years from now. So that film was really the bedrock of launching that conversation. And so we pulled in um, to help us lead that conversation. We pulled in Russell Perry and Kevin. We had T.W. Shannon. Um, Roy Williams is also one of our uh, members, and we had him um, uh, speaking. And it was just a, it was a great conversation. And we got to think, uh, we, we, we began thinking this film needs to be seen. More people need to see it. It's that important, and it's that important of a discussion and topic that more people need to see it. And so that's why uh, we've tried to take it um, to the next level and get it into this film festival and others. But that's really where we were. I mean, it was a year ago trying to educate uh, the leaders of Oklahoma City uh, and trying to lay the, the framework and the foundation of where we are as a state. Right. So it sounds like, a, a, again, just really trying to highlight that really important history and how can we, you know, can the state of Oklahoma improve? I, I would love to, Bob, uh, get your thoughts here. I mean, what do you think makes Oklahoma's African-American history unique when compared to other states in the country, for example? Well, uh, obviously we're a young state, right? Uh, we're 1907. And so we, um, you know, we um, are relatively new uh, in the grand scheme of things. And so, yes, civil war battles happen all, uh, in Oklahoma, but we weren't a state. And so, um, and, and, and also you put together the uh, Native American piece. And so, we're, Oklahoma is in our history relatively new. However, uh, with the Tulsa race massacre, we had we had the worst uh, race massacre in um, the country's history here in Tulsa. And and we were a um, I mean, I think, uh, you know, as far as uh, civil rights and during that time, you can easily consider Oklahoma a southern state. Now, we don't really think of ourselves as a southern state. I mean, at least I don't. I feel like we're a little bit more Midwest. We're kind of caught in the middle. But back then. As far as the um, culture, the ideologies of the of Oklahomans, we they they very much embrace some of these uh, some of these southern state issues, and so, you know, um, that's an important part of this history. That's an important part of this piece for um, Oklahomans to understand. You know, even though we were uh, we we weren't a state till 1907, we were very much a part of all the um, you know the Jim Crow laws and um, and the um, uh, segregation, all those things that happened, we were very much a part of that. And that's part of our history. And we have to, you have to know that you have to understand that in order to to move forward and to, in many cases, heal and to understand some of these really horrific things that happened, uh, specifically the the massacre. Yeah. And, and to play on that, the us being a young state and what makes us unique to every other state in the union is that we had these land runs. We, we gave away land and 
while, uh, you know, African-Americans and freed slaves at the time uh, could take part in the land runs, they obviously it was frowned upon, but there was still plenty of land out here. And I think this whole rise of the black cowboy, the black mm-hmm. adventurer, we call them the, you know, the African-American mavericks. Um, they came out here and they, they, they staked their claim. Um, and, and just like, as, as Bob said, then, you know, the state did follow, you know, follow the rest of the, the Southern states into the Jim Crow era. Um, but, you know, we even led, you know, the film talks about Clara Looper and, uh, the first sit in there at, at Cat's Deli. And if you go to the Oklahoma history center, they have a replica of, uh, the, the counter there. Um, yeah. And it's, 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 uh, you know, but it's we the civil rights movement was led out of Oklahoma. I mean, that happened uh, almost a year before the, the sit-ins uh, in uh, Mississippi. And uh, it's kind of amazing that we have all this history here. And I feel like they don't talk about it enough. I, both of us went to Bishop McGinnis Sci School. And uh, Bob, is it, you, you won a history award. Is that right? Yes. Oh, senior? yeah. I was senior <laughs> year. I was the number one. I won number one in the state in Oklahoma history. And Bob, did you know anything about the Tulsa race massacre? No, they didn't teach it. Completely didn't teach it. And it's shocking. Like it's absolutely shocking. Um, And in the film, we talk about that it became part of the uh, curriculum of the state in in 2020 last year. Um, And that's why these things are important. That's why doing this film is important. Such a good point, Brian. You know, um, I think about that with, with Clara Looper and the sit-ins we were before all the others, and now we are going to be telling that story. They are building a civil rights museum in Northeast Oklahoma City to honor Claire Looper and honor where she uh, trained the college students and the volunteers to be peaceful, peaceful demonstrators. I don't know why the story hasn't been told, uh, but it is. And I think, you know, I'm the, I've been uh, an honor, lucky and honored to be chairman of the Oklahoma City National Memorial Museum during the 25th anniversary of the bombing last year and this year, the story cannot be forgotten. What happened um, um, April 19th, 1995 can't be forgotten. And guess what? It won't be forgotten because we have a beautiful, beautiful music memorial museum. And that's exactly what they're going to do with the Claire Looper center in our own civil rights uh, museum here in Oklahoma city. And that's what they're going to do with the Tulsa race massacre um, museum in, in Greenwood and black wall street. And that's what this movie does. It, it makes sure that this is not forgotten and lessons are learned. And that's all, that's what these museums are for. That's why it's so important to have these stories told and these films told. You guys hit on something. I think that's really important. This idea of sort of uncovering maybe a buried past sort of thing. I, I mean, when you're looking at incidents or I guess the, the, like the historical moment, like the, the Tulsa race massacre to Brian's point about you, Bob, I mean, like, it sounds like you guys didn't get taught that in, in school at all. I mean, so like, what was your research pro, uh, process like, especially with so many details about this emerging over the last year or so? Well, Bob came to me and he, you know, he had a few, he thrown out a few names and a few different stuff, topics that he wanted to focus on. And here's, here's what's crazy and why it was completely serendipitous that this movie was going to get made. Um, uh, earlier in the year, uh, my college roommate at NYU, his parents had gone through Oklahoma. Uh, they, uh, Winnebago, they retired. They'd gone through Oklahoma in 2019. And there actually is, this is, this film is actually based on a book called The Long Road to Liberty that the Oklahoma Oklahoma tourism board put out and uh, it was literally sitting on my desk when Bob Ross called me and was like, Hey, we want to do this film. And I was like, Oh my God, 
I, it's all here. It's in these chapters. And not only was it in these chapters, but the, the imagery was in here. Uh, I mean, we expanded, the film expanded on, 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 on the chapters that we took. But I just was like, I couldn't believe that he was like telling me we want to do this. And I'm literally looking at the book that I'm going to base the whole film on. You know, I, I guess I'd already done a little of the research. There's also a wonderful book by Sam Anderson called Boomtown. Uh, and he actually talks uh, in length about the, the Tulsa Race Massacre and the Clara Looper event. Um, and he actually... Uh, um, you know, and through his research, I was able to kind of put a more because he, he writes very visually. Um, and in the film, we, there are no the first sit down that Claire Luba did. She didn't announce it to anyone. She took some students and they went down there and they sat at the counter. They didn't tell the press. They didn't tell anyone. So there are like a handful of photos, but there's no, uh, you know, uh, people, the, the, the white patrons coming up to them or the manager asking them to leave. There's no visuals of that. So I had hired an illustrator. And this is another part of this film is that it's a perfect COVID film. Uh, it's the first film I've ever done where I never left my office. Like it was all <laughs> done via Zoom. Uh, the, the voiceover actress, uh, Andy Wills, uh, Winslow did the recording in her Arizona home and to bring the Clara Luba sit down uh, alive visually, I hired this amazing illustrator, um, Jasper Means, who was in Philadelphia and uh, he did the illustrations and we kind of bring it a lot to life uh, uh, through these illustrations. And uh, you know, that, that, Working on this and doing this research uh, was extraordinarily rewarding, and it was really cool to be able to kind of like work with different people and bring in, uh, you know, uh, different ideas and, and, and put them on the screen that way. Yeah, and I think a question uh, I could throw to, to either Brian or Bob, like here, I mean, like going through the research process here, were there any discoveries that really surprised you uh, that informed the story in any way? I knew a little bit about Claire Looper. I guess the, the real surprising thing we've already talked about, it was just the aspect of completely burying a, a major event uh, that didn't only happen in Oklahoma, but happened in America. And, you know, there's eyewitness accounts that have, you know, so now that we're hit the 100 year anniversary, uh, there's been all this stuff that came out over Memorial Day weekend and uh, all these kind of stuff that I couldn't find in my research, but, I mean, it's the first time that like they think that that bombs were dropped from airplanes, you know, forever it was thought to be Pearl Harbor. But no, it was Americans dropping bombs on Americans like that is shocking, you know, and um, I can understand why they try to why they tried to ignore it. And listen, the, some of the oral histories that I read, the the African-Americans that lived there didn't want to relive it. They were afraid it might give ideas and it might happen again. Um, so, it, you know, it was, everyone was kind of on board with just like, let's just, uh, forgive and forget kind of thing. And, uh, as Bob has just explained, that is uh, the exact opposite thing that we need to do. Bob, I'll turn to you for the, the next question here as we start to wind down the interview. I mean, what are some of the, uh, the ideas that you hope viewers will take away from watching a long road to Liberty? I think the most important aspect is just talking and, that's what we wanted to do as a YPO group. And actually, Rinzai Stone um, co-hosted that with me as well. We really wanted our group of 60 um, young leaders to talk about this important issue. You got to remember, this was a time where, you know, the Thunder had uh, changed their uniforms to have different words and names on the back of the uniform. Uh, Black Lives Matter was uh, being placed on uh, the court. And there was just so much uh, tension and confusion and angst. And so to me, the big takeaway is 
through this film, we were able to sit down and talk about it. And at Oklahoma City National Memorial, we call it a better conversation. To have a better conversation, yes, sometimes a real tough one, but a better conversation that's civil and decent, where people are um, thoughtful and respect one another, but talk about really tough topics. We can no longer shove these things under the rug. We can no longer pull the sheets over our head. And that's what really the film teed up for this group is to really understand our past and be able to, in a very civil way, discuss it. And that's that to me, that's the key takeaway going forward. That's what we've got to do. I mean, think about what if Timothy McVeigh would have had someone to come talk to? What if there would have been a better conversation where he participated in with six or seven other individuals and instead of hating his government and blowing up a building and killing 168 people, he decided that he was going to fight at the ballot box or he was going to do something different. That's what we're talking about on going forward. If we can get our society, get the country in that in, in that respect, in that way, talking about better conversations and and sitting down with one another, you know, at the same table and really walking through some of these really hard to discuss topics. Yeah. And another thing is, you know, we end the film uh, with an introduction on Russell M. Perry, who is the uh, senior uh, chief editor and owner of uh, the Black Chronicle there in Oklahoma City, a newspaper. Um, And, you know, he has a great quote that that we end uh, the film with of, you know, basically saying that, you know, Oklahoma, (laughs) you're moving in the right direction. You know what I'm saying? Like having these conversations is moving in the right direction. So if we can all kind of get on board with that, I think think we, we can all be moving in the right direction. Listeners, this is one uh, from the festival. You absolutely want to make sure you make it a priority to catch as part of the virtual film festival this year at Dead Center. Uh, so I'll turn it to you all. I mean, where can listeners keep up with more of uh, either your work or more developments related to the release of A Long Road to Liberty online? So, yeah, obviously we want everyone to go to the festival and, and see the film. But as soon as that's over, it'll be available on YouTube. And, and uh, in as much has its own YouTube page, in, uh, the foundation that, that paid for this that Bob is the CEO of. Uh, and that's in as Is that right, Bob? Right. In his, uh, in Yes. Uh, so you'll be able to see the film there after the festival, but please see it <laughs> via the Dead Center Film Festival. And uh, a little tease, we uh, we show the first Kansas, the first African-American Civil War uh, uh, unit uh, that, that fought there at the Battle of Honey Springs in Oklahoma. The, the, the footage that you see in A Long Road to Liberty is a snippet of a longer film that Inasmuch and I did uh, that got delayed a year uh, because of COVID that will be coming out next year. And we hope to uh, premiere that at dead center next year. It's called the battle of honey Springs. Um, and it's a much longer film, much more in depth. And so there's a little tease. So hopefully maybe we can be back on your podcast next year, promoting the battle of honey Springs Caleb. It's been a real pleasure just hearing about the, this really exciting project. First up, I want to say uh, thank you to the film's producer, Bob Ross for joining us today. Thanks, Bob. Thank you. And uh, Brian Beasley, the film's writer and director. Thanks so much for joining us on the Cinemax Comac today. Really a pleasure. Thank you so much for having us. All right. So if you want to watch A Long Road to Liberty, Oklahoma pass holders can catch it as part of the Dead Center Virtual Film Festival starting at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time on Monday, June 14th. 
until the uh, virtual festival's conclusion on Sunday, June 20th at 1145 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, so if you want to see this first, you want to be one of the first ones to catch a long road to liberty, uh, you can buy your pass at deadcenterfilm.org for more thoughtful conversations that excite, inspire, and connect filmmakers and film enthusiasts across Oklahoma. You can subscribe to the Cinematic Schematic via your preferred podcast app, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever your podcasts are found. And of course, you can head on over to deadcenterfilm.org for more information on A Long Road to Liberty, along with so many other wonderful films playing at the festival this year. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll catch you again next time. Thank you.